Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. Golf Talk Live is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's Andrew to tell you more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Welcome to Golf Talk Live with your host, Ted Odorico. Join Ted each week as he speaks with some of the best in golf. Sit back, relax, and listen to tonight's show. Let's join our host, Ted Odorico, as he introduces tonight's special guest. All right, good evening, everybody, and once again, welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and we've got a great show for you this evening. I'm going to be joined momentarily uh, by my very special guest of the evening, uh, but before we do, let me just uh, make a couple of announcements. First off, we are live every Thursday evening, typically from 6 to 8 p.m. Central here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Um, tonight, of course, is going to be the last evening that we do just an hour broadcast. I like to, in the month of February, as I come back uh, for a new season, I like to sort of, as I call it, Golf Talk Live Light uh, with just an a, a interview each week for an hour. Uh, until I get ready to go in, which is uh, starting up March 2nd, to the full broadcast, which is two hours, and I'll have uh, the Coach's Corner panel will be joining me again this season. We'll have a, a great panel discussion uh, beginning next Thursday, and then uh, on the second half, which is uh, typically from 7 to 8 or 8 to 9 Eastern, depending on where you are located, um, I will have my interview take uh, place at that time. So um, next week, March 2nd, we'll be joining uh, me here for a full broadcast, two-hour broadcast with Coach's Corner and my insightful interviews. Um, for some reason, if you're tuning in first time tonight, um, not to worry. I'm glad you can join us live. Thank you. Uh, but for some reason, if you want to go back and listen to some of the previously aired shows, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live and just scroll down to the on-demand section and uh, you'll see all of the previously aired shows in their entirety right there. And tonight, after this uh, evening's broadcast, it too will be added on top of the list, so you'll be able to go there if you've missed or, or you come in at partway through the, the interview. You can go back and listen to it again um, at blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live. And, of course, there's a lot of other great platforms as well that you can hear the show, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStreamLive, and, of course, Spotify, plus many others out there as well. So basically wherever you hear some great podcasts, you'll find Golf Talk Live uh, right there front and center. So, uh, again, welcome to uh, Golf Talk Live. This is our 11th season. I'm really excited that uh, I've been doing this for a while now, and I'm super excited to have this young man. He was supposed to come on actually back in, I believe, December of last year, and unfortunately I had to cancel on him, but he very graciously uh, agreed to uh, reschedule and come back this evening. So we're going to bring him on here at the moment. But let me just tell you a little bit about his background so you have a an understanding of, of who he is and, and how we sort of got where we are tonight. Um, John Paul is my guest, and he's an Evans Scholarship recipient. Uh, he grew up in a very small uh, mountain town in Haiti. Uh, he and his siblings lived in a uh, tiny home with really out, uh, without running water or even electricity at, uh, at times. Uh, and also at times they went at days without food. So despite their lack of formal schooling, uh, his parents knew that education was a way to move past their cycle of poverty 
Uh, and as he put it himself, we were poor, but besides love, my parents made sure our education was a priority, even overeating, he said. Uh, through volunteer work at a local church, he met a couple from Michigan and formed a friendship. And eventually they asked him to become his uh, sponsor parents and brought him to America. Uh, he came to Michigan in 2016, and through a uh, recommendation from his uh, sponsor mom, he began caddying at the Country Club of Detroit. And after learning the game of golf and becoming a top-requested caddy, he earned the Evans Scholarship uh, to Michigan State, where he is now uh, attending and uh, wants to go into aerospace uh, or, or possibly engineering. So please welcome my very special guest, John Paul. Good evening, John. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for, for rescheduling uh, with me this evening. I know it was uh, you were looking forward to coming on last year and uh, right near the end of the season. And unfortunately, I had some personal issues come up and I had to, to cancel the show, but uh, you very graciously uh, moved your schedule aside and, and agreed to come on. But before I ask you my first question, I just want for those that maybe are tuning in for the first time tonight to understand a little bit of the background of the Evans Scholarship Foundation and the program that they offer. So basically, the uh, Evans Scholarship uh, was uh, established by famed amateur golfer Charles Chick Evans, Jr. Uh, the Evans Scholar Foundation provides full housing and tuition scholarships to deserving caddies across the country. Each recipient is a caddy with a unique story to tell, of course, as we're going to hear tonight, reflecting on the scholarship's four selection criteria, uh, one being a strong caddy record, uh, obviously excellent academics, and needs to obviously uh, demonstrate the financial need and have outstanding character. And uh, what's very unique about this particular program is they offer full tuition and housing uh, college scholarship, which is estimated to be valued at over 125000 over the four years. So it's a very integral part of these youngsters' uh, lives to be able to help them uh, through their education. And uh, through great uh, alumni, uh, over 35,000 donors across the, the country, uh, and proceeds from the BMW Championship each year, they're able to uh, help uh, put some of these youngsters through the program. And currently, uh, and this was as of last year, there was a record 1,100-plus caddies are enrolled in over 22 universities across the nation as Evans Scholars. And to date, more than 11,800 caddies have graduated from the Evans Scholars program So, uh, or through their initiative. So it's a, it's a great uh, uh, program. And, John Paul, I, I wanted to just sort of mention that for those that, again, maybe not familiar uh, with that program, uh, what it stands for, and really what their purpose is. So uh, I want to go back a little bit for you, and I just, when you first had the opportunity, obviously, to come over to America and, and pursue a, a, a top-rated education, that, that was obviously very important for you and obviously important for your parents back home, extended parents here in America. Tell us a little bit what that meant to you. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And it was it meant a lot to me because that I was in Haiti. I was doing my best, the best that I could in school, and my parents, they were doing their best to give me an education and to, to feed us. But the things we could do, like, were limited because of my parents' level of education. And I, mm-hmm. I could not see far in the future. And so I needed, like, not a way to get out, but a way to to try to break my family out of the cycle of poverty. So giving the chance to come to the United States, which not everyone in Haiti have the, that chance, 
was mean, meant the world to me. It was a chance for me to break my family cycle of poverty. And and obviously it had to be a, a, a what we would call here a culture shock for you. I mean, here you come from very, very, and I, I say this respectfully, very humble, uh, and that's putting it politely, humble beginnings where you really didn't have a lot. Um, and now you're here in a country where there is so much and you're being given opportunities um, to be able to obviously better yourself and ultimately going to be able to better your family back home. Um, obviously that meant a lot for you, but it had to be a little bit of a culture shock as well. You had to see a lot of things that you probably weren't exposed to back home um, when you first came over. W- would that be accurate? Yeah, it's definitely accurate, yeah. So now here you are and introduced, which is kind of interesting because I, I don't imagine, and I, I might be wrong because I've never been to Haiti, but I don't imagine there's a lot of golf going on in Haiti. So um, as I mentioned in the opening comments, your your sponsored mom here in the United States introduced you to the game and uh, and presented the opportunity to help you begin caddying at the Country Club of Detroit. So tell us about how that happened. How did that sort of uh, come into play? So as you said, I, I never heard of like golf before I came here. And it was after my sophomore year of high school that my post mom heard of the Evans Scholarship from a doctor she worked with. And that's when I started cutting at the Country Club of Detroit because it was only a few few blocks from me and it was a was a good chance for me because I was able to I would be able to make money and to, to send money to my family and I would have a chance to go to college. And yeah, so you know, obviously there was many many opportunities that were presented to you. Um, and, and as I'm sure you can attest to, golf is is certainly a challenging game. Um, we were talking very briefly off air, and and I forgot where you were up in in Michigan. I asked you if you'd played golf. So you haven't obviously played golf since the fall, uh, obviously because of the climate up in Michigan. But uh, I imagine now that you've had a chance to play a little bit, um, number one, obviously you enjoy the game, and obviously uh, you enjoy uh, the caddying experience as well. What do you what have you learned? Um, about the game that maybe you didn't know before. Uh, so it's definitely definitely a tough game. It's not as easy as some players make it look in like on TV, like just hit the ball and mm-hmm. then hole in one or just close to the flag, just one putt, you know, eagle. It's not it's not every day people get eagle. So it's a tough game and it also teach teach us like a lot about like life itself because like patient the patient that come with it, especially as a caddy. Yeah, and, and you, you hit it right on the head. Golf, many will tell you that have been around the game for any length of time, uh, golf really mimics life, and you can learn a lot of life lessons, patience being certainly one of them, um, but also how to overcome obstacles. I mean, you're faced with a lot of obstacles when you're on the golf course um, playing uh, or your members that you're caddying for, uh, and now that you're you're doing that position for them, you have to sort of help them, guide them as best you can uh, through some difficult situations, which certainly is a test of your character, but also provides a very valuable service uh, to, to some of the members that you caddy for, right? Yeah, definitely. So what are some other, uh, and then we're going to get into a little bit more about your, your caddying experience and that. Um, what are some of the other life lessons that you've learned that golf has taught you? What what else have you learned besides patience, obviously, um, that you've learned from the so, game? 
I'll definitely re- like respect self-respect and the respect of others because ever since I was in Haiti, my parents always like teach me to like respect elders. So still now I don't feel mm-hmm. comfortable calling people by their by their first name. Just I have to call them by the last name of Mister or Sir. Just like that's the kind of thing that golf kind of like reinforced because like when you get go to the golfer, you have to say Mister and Sir. Kind of kind of cool actually because I became over the years I became friend with a golfer and still I call him Mister because that's what I was I was taught at the beginning. I still stuck I it still like stuck with me. And also mm-hmm. leadership. That's a that's a big thing. Because we have to look out for each other. It's like I was told when I started that even though I'm cutting for one for a particular member, I have to help out the the other like caddies if they are falling behind they cannot take the flag out if they cannot rig the bunker i do it for them i don't wait for them to do it it's like we are like a team right so it's that leader yeah so that leadership skill that we we learn we learn from it and also good work ethics it teaches like good good work ethics because i remember i used to go to to caddy and i'd stay there for like six hours and i'd go home without getting a loop so it was like at first it was like fr- frustrating, but I realized that hey, like some of my best when I made it, I made them during those six hours sitting there, and I learned how to play euchre, which I love. Hmm. Very good. Yeah, it, it's it, it's something that you um, you definitely it's an experience all the way around. You get a chance to uh, to do a lot of different things. So you, you've told us a little bit about your experience caddying uh, and obviously becoming, uh, um, tell us about becoming an Evans Scholar. How did that come about? And why do you think, based on your own experiences, why do you think you deserve the scholarship? So to be honest, I don't think a, a, no one is deserving of the Evans Scholarship. I think it's such a, it's an, it's an honor to be awarded the mm-hmm. Evans Scholarship, but we are in no way deserving of it. We just like because like it's just like one hundred and twenty five like thousand dollars or so. So it's like right. there's nothing we can do to be deserving of that. I mean we did put in we did put in the work, we had the grid, we had the the financial need, but we were not deserving of it. It was just an honor and a blessing. Well, I couldn't agree. Um I couldn't agree more. I think it's I think if you're willing to put in the work and the effort, I think that's where the deserving side comes from. And uh, but again, it's not guaranteed for everybody. And uh, you know, there's obviously becoming more and more competition uh, for people looking to that. And, and obviously, they're limited at this point, but it's growing. It's a, it's it's been growing for many many years now. So you you expressed a little bit about caddying at the Country Club of Detroit. Give us an idea of what a typical day looks like for you. So before. Before COVID, when I first started, a typical day would, for me would be like waking up around six, as early as six thirty sometimes, so I can I could be able to get out because we have a lot. We used to have a lot of caddies, so as I, I would just ride my bike to the country club, and where I would sign my name, my name up, and then the caddy master would would call us in the order that our name is written down on the sheet of paper. But since I, like, the older caddies sometimes get priorities because the members would 
request him. That what make that that's what made the wait sometimes long. Um, like the wait would be long sometimes. We would go home and our name would not get called. So it mm. was it was kind of a it used to be a long day. But when we I would get to go out, it'll be it'll be fun because just four hours of walking and talking. The members are always like very very nice to me. I'm yet to to get a member who is who is mean or but sometimes some other days when the when it's when it's too hot outside, holy holy teen would be my favorite hole. Right. <laughs> well, I can imagine it's challenging depending on how the player themselves, nothing to do with you, but how the player is, is actually playing the course. Um, you know, if they're having a good day out there and shooting maybe uh giving themselves a lot of birdie opportunities and, and maybe even a few eagles along the way. I'm sure they're pretty happy, but um, I imagine there's some days when the, when the members are, are not doing having a good day, and so I'm sure it's a little bit more challenging for you to try to pick their spirits up and, and, uh, and, and help them you know, uh, push through the rest of the round. But, yeah, I'm sure there's days when it's hot and, and everything is maybe not going well. Uh, you're looking forward to that 18th hole so you can wrap things up. Um, so you mentioned that you'd heard about the scholarship through uh, your, your sponsor mom here in the U.S. Um, and did you decide right away, okay, this is something, because, again, as I mentioned earlier, you, you came from a background, really, that you weren't exposed to golf. You didn't grow up learning the game, probably didn't have a lot of exposure to it other than that until you came over here. Uh, was it something that you said, okay, I'm, I really want to do this, or this is something what was sort of the deciding factor for you? Obviously, you wanted to get a good education while you were here, but what was some of the deciding factor for you to, to be able to pursue that? So at first, I was not, like, very sure about it, if it's, if it's something I I wanted, really wanted to do. But I when I thought about it, it was my my only option to go to college because even though my, my grades were great for my second semester of sophomore year forward inward, but it wasn't that great because when I first came to the United States, I barely spoke English, so my grade was not like outstanding as as for me mm-hmm. to get like a full ride somewhere to to a university so I had to find a different way to uh, to afford my college education and given scholarship was it yeah and and again you know you're you're kind of starting from what we would call behind the eight ball a little bit, because again, you weren't brought up or raised in, in a golfing community. Um, so you had to come over and, and not only uh, learn the language, uh, but you had to learn about golf as well. So that was probably an interesting challenge. Tell us a little bit about that. So to be honest, at first golf, it was, I wasn't interested in golfing because it would be like some, like seeing some golfers sometimes getting, hitting the ball, getting frustrated, and sometimes I'll be saying, I'm the caddy, I'm the one running after the ball. So, but <laughs> I get to, to, I get to really love the game because I had a friend there that I went to school with. He took me to the golf, to the range and one, one time, and then my host dad, he had like a set of clubs, and then I started, after that, I started taking myself to the range. I even took a, a lesson, a lesson uh, down in, back, back in Detroit, and then since then I've been like playing and I love I love it. It's a, it's like I don't have to be good but I love it. It's just just a fun fun game. Either if you're if you're caddying with your favorite member or playing it. 
so let me ask you, John, just to, to expand on that a little bit more. Uh, you know, for a lot of people that, you know, have never played the game, um, and, and I want to know if this is a similar experience for you, um, it, it can be very, as I said, very challenging. It can be certainly very frustrating for anybody, uh, and, and again, a little bit more so for you because you, you didn't grow up playing the game. Um, but obviously there was a moment when you maybe hit that one really good shot very early on in your, your pursuit um, that sort of kept you interested or brought you back. Did that happen for you? Was that sort of how it went? You saw a few people playing and they weren't so good, but you went out there and gave it a try. What was the deciding factor for you? When did you know that, okay, this is something I really want to try? Not so much about because of the scholarship, but just the game itself. When, when did that bug sort of bite you and say, wow, I think I can, you know, with a little work, I can do this? Yeah, so as you said, I did go to the range. I did see some people, like, hitting some bad shots, but then I realized my shot was bad too. So, so it wasn't, like, <laughs> it's not easy. Like, I've had, like, some, some good shots, but not very often. But it's just, like, just like the spirit, the spirit of the game, especially when you're playing with friends. It's just, like, there's something that, that is, like, smoothing and fun about it. Like, for a whole four hours, you're just, like, laughing and all. So it's just... It's just it's just fun. That's why it makes me like stick with the game, even if sometimes I'll be taking the miles on some holes. It doesn't matter as long as I'm having fun. I guess that's what that's what that's that's what was the this, this deciding factor for me. I imagine serves you well when you're caddying because, you know, as I mentioned as well, you're going to have moments where you're with a member or a group and you know. Uh, good shots are not very uh, abundant in that particular round and they're frustrated. So this is obviously, has this helped you in your own journey of learning the game and, and, you know, at times I'm sure being frustrated, has this helped you to become a better caddy, to have a little bit of empathy for, you know, those bad shots? And what do you do to sort of lift the spirits of the player? When you have a player that's really struggling and you're caddying for them, you're, you're carrying the bag, what do you do or do you say anything to them that sort of, uh, you know, helps lift their spirits a little bit and, and gets the, mom, you know, the momentum going for the next hole. Yeah, so when I'm cutting with a member, like, for example, I've been for the past two years, I've been cutting for one particular member. Most of the time, we're not even talking about the, the golf itself until we get to the ball. So it's like talking about other things, like to, to get our mind away from the game and also don't don't think about it. Don't think about it too much. Just go to the ball and then choose a club, the right club, and then what you think at least is the right club, and then and then hit the ball. Because golf is a very humbling sport, and if we play it for fun, so we cannot, cannot get mad mad all the time. So just having this, this little conversation that's not related to the golf, that, that's, that makes us realize that we're not just here to, to hit to hit the ball, but also to be outside and to have some good competition. What do you think is the reason, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier uh, when I first introduced you, um, in addition to learning the game, you've become a top requested caddy. Why do you think that is? What is it about you being on that person's bag um, during that round that makes them want you to be um, their request? What is it that you do differently maybe than some of the others out there that has gotten you and earned you a, an, an opportunity to get out there a little more often than some of your, your fellow caddies? 
Um, so when I first, it's funny because when I first like studied caddying, the the manager we had there always told me that I had a like a million dollar smile. He told me to keep the smile up, no matter like if I'm if I was tired in the morning, just come out there with come caddying with a big smile. That will that will do the trick. And also, like I just my 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 rule is I do not like start a conversation with the golfers. But if they start a conversation with me, that's when I start talking to them and give them tips and whatever whatever they need. Yeah, I think that's I think having a million dollar smile I think is definitely gets the doors open. Um what have you learned from some of the players that you caddy for? And it doesn't necessarily have to be I mean obviously I'm sure they've even maybe you've gotten some tips from them about your own game. Uh but what have you learned from them? You're obviously, you know, walking around for 18 holes um every day with multiple golfers. What is as an overwhelming um if you were to put it, sum it up, what have you learned from them that's helping you? Oh, so actually I've learned a lot of things that help, that will help me, not even in life, but with my, with my career, because like you can see like there are different, a lot of different golfers and they are giving you, they're always open to giving, to giving tips. It's like free networking every, every time you step on the course. And my internship last summer, next summer, and I I got it because my my resume needed some touch up and then I I sent it to to my to, to one of the members who who I became friend with and he he kind of told me like how to like reward it to make it like to make it better and mm-hmm. in my in my thoughts I had not got gotten an internship before I thought it was not possible as a junior and I got one of the best internships just. Because he told me how to like word is he did not remove anything or add anything. He just told how to word it differently and now because of that I got an inter- I got two interns two offers and I accept I accepted one. While last last year I had like a hard time getting one. So it's just like that networking experience. So cutting is not just about carrying the bags, it's about the experience that we we gain along the way. So, you know, as you very eloquently put it is it's not just about learning about the game or learning even about catting, but it's learning about life, how to improve yourself, making yourself uh, and presenting yourself to the world in a sense uh, a little bit better. So that's obviously some very valuable advice and information that you've, you've got from being, um, being a caddy out in the golf course. Is that, is that a pretty accurate statement? Do you think? Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty accurate. And and so I mean it, it that to me I think there's no greater gift than you can give to a younger person than to help them on their journey and it's not just a matter of financial and it's not just I mean education obviously is the number one the more educated that you can uh, prepare somebody you know on their journey is, is always a good thing but it, sometimes it's just about learning. Um, life skills and things like that. It's not always about textbooks. It's sometimes it's just about learning everyday simple. Th- uh, what might seem, <clears throat> pardon me, simple to some folks could be invaluable to somebody like yourself, who maybe you know has started a little bit further back at times in, in your earlier in your life, and now you've been presented with an opportunity to be able to um, elevate yourself and at the same time being able to elevate your family. Uh, we're going to talk about in a moment. We're going to talk about. Uh, an opportunity that you had 
at last year's Green Coat Gala, which was put on by the Western Golf Association. Uh, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to let the folks know a little bit about that. And then you had an opportunity to speak there. I want to talk to you about that as well. But first, we're going to take a very quick message uh, from Golf Tips Magazine. So stay tuned, and I'll be back with my very special guest, John Paul. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple to follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. All right, don't forget to go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe. It's available in both a print version and digital version. You can get either or you can get both. So go to golftipsmag.com and check it out and subscribe today. It's a great publication. Uh, all right, I'm here with my very special guest this evening, a uh, John uh, Paul, who is an Evans Scholarship recipient. And we're talking a little bit about his journey and uh, how he got to where he is, originally from Haiti, and uh, very, very humble beginnings, and had an opportunity to come here to America and not only attend a top university, um, but also uh, to be able to learn the game of golf and caddy club of Detroit. So a very uh, prestigious uh, club, and, indeed. And in addition to that, John, um, I w- as I was leading into the commercial um, you had an opportunity to speak at the Green Coat Gala, which was put on by the Western Golf Association. I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about that, and then I'm going to get you to give me your thoughts on how it went for you and, and what you talked about. Um, so the Western Golf Association, who have uh, been on the show uh, before, uh, representatives, uh, they put on a uh, what's referred to a Green Coat Gala. They had their 11th annual uh, last uh, November 4th, which was a Friday, and raised a record $1 million to help send deserving caddies like John Paul uh, to college. Um, and more than 300 supporters attended a black tie affair at the Peninsula Chicago, and that was virtually uh, shown uh, by a live stream. Uh, all proceeds from the event supported the Evans Scholarship, and the evening featured a special guest, Butch Harmon, who was the former coach of uh, Tiger Woods and the current coach of many of the top touring professionals. So you had an opportunity to actually speak at this uh, particular gala. Tell us how that first came about and what did you talk about? Well, so I I was asked to about it a few months before before the actual date and there were a, a lot of events that led led to the that I like participated in, participated in before I was asked to be to be the, the guest of that of that green code gala and the first event was at a at the country club of detroit no the detroit golf course where i was asked to give a to give a speech and then after that i was asked to give it in a at a different different club edgewood i believe yeah i i was asked to give a a speech at those two clubs and then after that i guess the the wga heard my speech and then they wanted to invite me to speak at the Green Code Gala and then and we, we had to take a few before the event itself a, a few 
GA people came up to take pictures and videos. And then on the day itself, I drove down to the to Chicago with a with two of my friends, and it was it was a pretty great experience. And I'm, I was honored that out of thousands of of scholars, they they chose me. But it was actually intimidating, the and also because it was me speaking in front of like a a big group of people. That it was <laughs> it was yeah, it was a lot. So I, I would imagine you were probably a little bit nervous. Would I? Would that be correct? So at, at first, for the first few seconds when I was going up to the podium, I was. But then you kind of settled into a rhythm once you got talking. So what did you talk about? Was it just a, an opportunity for you to tell and share a little bit of your story and your journey? Was that basically what you were talking about? Or give us an idea, just a little sense of what you were talking about. So I was pretty much talking about my my life stories and my life experiences from when I was from when I was in Haiti and how I became an event scholar. What an opportunity is it, it is for me to to break my like families out of the cycle like of poverty. So it was pretty much a, a chance for me to tell everyone there who have supported the event scholarship or who were thinking about supporting the event scholarship. Or in, like it's for me to tell them what their donations is like do, do what on what like level it changes people's life mm-hmm. and you know as we we've talked about tonight you know obviously it's opened a lot of doors for you um first and foremost with with a, a very good education and um you're still obviously in that education you've got a little bit more uh to go but uh you've gotten to a good start and obviously you're you're able to get good grades and you're obviously putting yourself in a position to help your family back home. Um, obviously, I would assume over this time, because you've been here now since 2016, um, you've had time, obviously, to communicate and, and whatnot with your family back home. What are their thoughts? I mean, obviously, this is a, a very, it has to be very exciting for them to be able to see, uh, you know, uh, your, your parents, I'm referring to in Haiti, to be able to see that you're getting this great opportunity and ultimately, they're going to ultimately benefit. But first and foremost, they're excited for you. Um, maybe tell us and share a little bit about their thoughts and, and your communications with them as you explain to them what you're doing here. So I think they they, they know that it's, it's a that's a really great opportunity for me and also a blessing from from above because like there were like a thousands of students in the in my town. And I was the one choosing to be, to be, to come here. You know, it could have been anyone else, but it's me. So it's they know that it's it's really a blessing, and it's also it's also tough because I don't get to see my my family. The last time I saw them was in twenty twenty seventeen. So it's been like five years since I right. since I saw them in in person. So so it's 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 pretty tough, but it's like just a sacrifice that is like you know worth it yeah i i think i think in the long run i mean that you know you're you're a young man now so obviously you're going to uh as they say spread your wings and you're going to you know move on forward and and um you know obviously unfortunately we had a pandemic that came in too so that was probably made things a little bit challenging for you to be able to go um you know back and, and visit with them and and uh obviously you have a lot of commitments here now um but at some point that's going to happen where you're going to be able to 
to meet with them again and and um, and be able to share even more uh, experiences with them. So, I, I mentioned earlier um, you're attending the uh, Michi- uh, you're attending a school in, um, in Michigan and uh, Michigan State actually, and you're wanting to go into aerospace and and or engineering. So, what are some of your long-term goals, and how do you think you'll use your degree in that area? What is it specifically that's uh, got your interest that you'd like to do moving forward? Tell us a little bit about your long-term goals. Yeah, so uh, a little correction, actually. My uh, major is mechanical engineering. I previously wanted to do a a aerospace concentration, as you said, but I have changed my concentration to manufacturing because manufacturing because I, mm-hmm. I believe that it opens, like, more doors to me. Like, there are more things that I can do with that concentration than, like, an aerospace concentration. But after, after I graduate, I'm planning on, like, working on the, on the like, automotive industry because I just love the way the, you know, we're moving with our vehicles. So I, I want to be part of that, you know, innovation do you see yourself in, you know, working on the designing aspect as well? Do you think? In, as I mean, you know, obviously I didn't take an engineering degree, so I don't know what's all involved in it. But is that also involved? Are you learning to not just you know how they're all put together, but uh, learning how to create and, and be on the creative side of, of the automotive industry? Is that something that appeals to you as well, as opposed to just the mechanical side? Yeah, so I'm actually I'm very like passionate about designing. I design my I design my I have my iPad that I design on and I print I print it out with my own 3D printer. But as a mechanical engineer, there there is a lot that I can that I can do. So I'm not like constrained in like in one particular area. Even though I'm I love design, my internship next summer is in project management. So it's just like there's a lot like I can do. So it's not, yeah. So wherever life takes me. Well, I think that's a great attitude, and I, you know what? I think it's good. I think when you find something that you're passionate about, which obviously uh, I can hear that in your voice, that uh, that that's something that you are. I think that you know you just have to sort of jump in with both feet. So going back to golf for a second. So now that you have a better understanding, you you caddied, you played this game. How do you see golf? as part of your life moving forward? Obviously, I would assume you're going to continue to play. Um, do you see that playing a very active role in your long-term plans as well? Do you want to play a little bit more, that, uh, obviously, more often and so forth? Give me, give me your thoughts here. I think definitely. I will definitely keep, keep on playing golf because I find it fun and it's one of the many ways that I, that I bond with my friends. I don't expect my I don't expect my handicap to be single digit soon or to have a good handicap soon, but but I will keep playing it. Really fun. Well, you're, you'll be in good company because just I'm on the teaching side of golf, and I can tell you that most people out there um, struggle to even break a hundred many times. So um, if you can get yourself even to you know, a 10 or a 15 handicap at some point, you'll be in good company. You'll be better than most in the country. So um, that's certainly a, a, a good goal to shoot for. And if you get better than that, that's even even better still. But uh, I, think it's, I, I think it's a great opportunity. 
if you had the ear, um, figuratively speaking, of a young person, if you roll back to when you first had this opportunity to be introduced to the Evans Scholarship um, and knowing what you know now, and you had the ear of, let's say, a classroom in a school, in a, in a junior uh, school, what would the conversation be like for you? How would you advise them or what would you say to them in, in order to introduce them to this opportunity? And obviously it's not going to be, everybody's not going to be able to do it uh, depending on their grades and their circumstances. But if you had the opportunity to, to speak in front of a class, what would you say to them uh, about your journey, um, particularly with this scholarship opportunity and about golf? So it would definitely be like to, like one of the things I would probably tell them is to stay to stay focused in school and to have a goal. That's the that's the biggest thing for me. Even though I I I did I decided to be a caddy and I came, I came here. I decided to be a caddy. All of these are because it's because I I had a goal. These were just like a like a step a step up every time every time I did those things because I had I had an end goal. So it's just like I think I guess have a goal and then like. And then, like, do things that will allow you to to pursue to pursue that goal. Because there were sometimes that that a caddying was was tough, but I knew I knew where where I where I wanted to be. Even even now, school is school is not easy. I try I have to try very hard, and sometimes I have to I have to give it priority over other over other things, you know. But I know that that it's, I'm doing it for a reason where I want to be, so I'm not going to stop until I get there. So it's just about having a goal and do everything in your power to, to realize that goal. Well said. And I think it's also, and I'm sure you would agree, I think it's a great opportunity um, to caddy, I'm referring to at this point, I think for some of the younger generation to really appreciate the game. I mean, most of the, and I'm sure you would probably recognize what I'm about to say, but you know, most people's understanding of the game of golf is what we see on TV. Unless you're in the business or what have you, uh, or you belong to to a country club, most of what people see is what they see on television. They see the PGA, the LPGA tours, and so on and so forth. Um, and that's what their understanding of the game is. And most people, when they look at it, think, well, you know, gosh, I'm never going to be able to compete with somebody like a Tiger Woods or a Rory McIlroy or, or uh, you know, many of the other, uh, you know, women that are on the LPGA tour. Uh, but there's a lot of other opportunities. What are some of the opportunities? If you, again, if you were talking to that group, what are some of the, the opportunities being a caddy um, or even just drawing to the game that maybe a lot of younger people don't really understand or appreciate? Because it's opened a lot of doors for you. What would you say to them for those that maybe turn their nose up and say, yeah, I don't know, golf just doesn't look you know, very good and I, I just don't think I can do it or I'm not interested. What would you say to them? So, like, what most people don't understand, golf is not, it's not just about hitting holes in one and getting on the fairway every time or even one time in six and 18 holes. It's about, like, finding, finding something that golf is helping you with. I think people get the, start playing golf for many reasons, and sometimes they end up getting more out of it. But, like, people don't start playing golf for the same reason. For example, I started playing golf because I because of the scholarship, but I and then now I'm playing it because it's fun because that's how I bond with my friends. But like it's 
might not be the same for, for some people. Probably some people is because they can drink early when they play golf. But, you know, mm-hmm. so it's just different for each people. Some people it's money, you know. Just like finding finding something that golf could help you with. Maybe it's like just to to make you forget about life for four hours. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So golf, golf can help you with like a lot of different things. I, I think that's a, a good analogy. And, uh, you know, as you pointed out, John, uh, earlier, is it, it really mimics life in a lot of ways. There's a lot of challenges that you faced out in the golf course, um, whether it be bunkers or water hazards or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and and having to overcome those challenges, I would assume, have, has helped you, um, in addition to all the other things that have helped you, uh, to overcome some of the obstacles that you faced with life, correct? Yeah, you're definitely right about it, that bunker analogy because sometimes you realize in in life, even even if those, those bunkers are not there, sometimes the you know the thought it's all about the thought. Sometimes our thoughts can can be our worst enemy. We think that it's the bunker, but it's not the bunker. It's us. So just like it can mm-hmm. help us with life in that way. You're right. What is the best part of your game? And what is the worst part of your game? What needs the most help and what, what I won't say you've mastered it because nobody really ever masters this mm-hmm. game, but um, what's the, the strong part of your game and what's an area that you really still need to do a lot of, little bit of work on? So one, one good part of my game, or I would say good, okay part of my game would be, would be the driver because when I, when I make good connection with it, it actually, actually goes far and straight, which rarely happens, but it, it does happen. What it happens is very satis- satisfying. And what needs like a, a lot a lot of work actually is my is my short game. I still struggle. I still struggle with it. Even my, my powder, I can read I can read the grid perfectly because one of my members, the reason we, we make a good team is because I give him the line, he hit it, he hit it in there. But when I'm holding the powder, I cannot hit the line. Right. Right. So, so that's obviously an area that you need to work on for your own game. Um, it's great that you're able to, as a caddy, able to help your, your members. You just have to, I think, down to you have to start learning to take your own advice. So when, you, when you're helping somebody on the golf yeah. course, you got to start making, you got to make some notes and say, you know what, maybe I need to do that next time I'm faced with a similar putt. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it, it's you know, your story is, is very interesting for, for so many levels. I mean, obviously, as I mentioned, and again, I'm, you know, this is a, a mild version of it, but, you know, you, you obviously came from very, very humble uh, and very challenging background. But one of the things that is a requirement of the Evans Scholarship Foundation, and I want to point this out because just talking with you uh, over this last um, – you know, almost an hour now. Um, obviously, you you had, um, you know, you you've elevated your your academics and that, and obviously you you had the financial need and 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 so forth. But you you obviously have an outstanding character. I mean, you know, you have really two ways of going through life. You can look at your beginnings and you know allow yourself to go down that, as they call it, that rabbit hole, and say, you know poor me and I'm, uh, you know, I've got all these, these hurdles, or you can pick yourself up and say, you know what, when an opportunity comes, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to do something about it. And that says a lot, uh, Jean, about your, uh, 
your character um, that you've developed a, a really a very positive attitude. What do you equate that to? Is that just something that naturally sort of came to you through your upbringing, just you know, with your parents back home and obviously your extended family here in the United States? Um, how did that character, because again, most people looking at your background uh, and the challenge that you're, and maybe not have been as outstanding of character as you are, what do you attest that to? So it's, it's the way, like, you know, when I look, when I look in, in my past, it doesn't, like, at first, it was, it was like a long time since I was, since I, I was able to, to talk about it. Sometimes I would, I would, like, be in tears talking about it. But now when I look at it, when I look in my past, it kind of fuels my, my work ethic, even though I don't feel like studying the one day and I think about it, why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for my family because I know where I'm coming from mm-hmm. and my family is still in that situation that I use to be in. So I want to I wanna get them out of that situation, also some other people in my town. So it's kind of like that kind of like fuels fuel my work ethic because I know that that's one there's one way I can I can get there is through education. So every time I'm feeling down on even by anything, so I just look in my past and think about my family. Think about a lot of a lot of people that that I would be letting down if I fail. So that's the kind of thing that keeps me and keeps me going. Do you think, as a result of where you came from and where you are now, that it's given you a greater appreciation for the simple things. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I'm, I appreciate like a, a lot of things in life because something we may think is very small, you know, even some, like for example, some pocket pocket change thing. That's that's like very a very small thing. Like you know, if you get those those like one just one dollar here is is around like I believe like three hundred Haitian goods now. Which has like mm-hmm. like it raised by like three times since I was there. So it's be so it's like right. some some things we don't like we don't think it's that big, but like for some other people it might be very big. And and you recognize that more so now as as a result of being here. Um, you know I, I think it, it it's a real testament to um, not only you personally but to the program um, through the WGA and the Evans Scholarship Program. You know, it, it creates opportunities. I mean, we've, you know, as I mentioned, um, you know, we have had um, a number of, of youngsters like yourself, and I say young because I'm much older than you are, uh, unfortunately, but um, I'm a little more long in the tooth, as they say, than you are. But, uh, you know, we've had other uh, recipients of the Evans Scholars Foundation, um, scholarship rather, and, you know, the one sort of resounding thing is they're all very, very humble, um, in their demeanor, but they're also very dedicated in what they do. Um, you know, they appreciate the opportunity that's been given to them, and they want to do something to kind of pay it forward. Do you see that happening with you, not just in everyday life and obviously with your with your family back home, but do you see wanting to help move this opportunity for for somebody for the next John Paul? Yep, that's. That's definitely like one thing that every single uh, every single one of us who have received the the scholarship believe in. We believe that we we should be the the first people like who who to want like 
to be wanting to move that that scholarship forward, like to keep that tradition going and to help other kids who were like as unfortunate as in life as we were. So it's definitely like a big thing for me. Like I have to give, I have to give back any way as I can to that scholarship to keep it going. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And and again, you know, as I mentioned, there are right now there's over 1,100. Uh, caddy, excuse me, and that was as of uh, late last year, so I'm sure this year those numbers will uh, you know, even be higher, but are currently enrolled in over 22 universities across the nation um, as Evan Scholars, and they've had over, just a little under actually 12,000 caddies have graduated from the Evan Scholars program. So um, you're in, in good company, and there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of opportunities for the next youngsters coming through uh, this particular program. So I think you're, as I said, you're in good company. Um, Any final thoughts or comments you'd like to make before uh, I let you go? Yeah. yeah, Thank you. Thank you for having me because it was always like a pleasure for me to, to share my story in how the Evans scholarship has, has changed my life and continue to change the life of other like young, young men and women around the, country so it's pretty nice to be here to talk about that well uh, it's been my honor and my pleasure and um, one final question have you managed to get your first hole-in-one yet oh no I'm still waiting for that one I'm still waiting for that <laughs> one I don't know if it's gonna happen but I'm I'm holding on to that hope you know blind squirrel find on us sometimes so hopefully I find mine soon well when you get your first hole-in-one um, I would love for you to reach out and I'll have you back on the program and uh, you can share that experience uh, with my audience. But uh, John Paul, I want to thank you. You might be waiting for a while. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hurry up. No, I'm not getting any younger. John Paul, I want to thank you truthfully from the bottom of my heart. What a, what a very inspirational story uh, that you've shared. And um, I wish you nothing but uh, continued success. I wish you nothing but uh, Godspeed for your family back home, and God bless your family here in the United States for bringing you here and giving you this opportunity, folks at the Evans Scholarship uh, Foundation, uh, for doing that. But uh, much continued success. Thank you for joining me tonight here on Golf Talk Live, and you're welcome, my friend, to come back anytime you want to uh, share more interesting stories uh, with my audience, or maybe if you've got something new, when you get that hole-in-one, you come back and, and we'll get you on the program, okay? All right. Thank you so much. So much. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. You have a great evening, and I'll talk to you real soon. Bye bye. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. All right. That was John Paul. He is uh, an Evans Scholarship recipient. Um, as I mentioned, if you listened to earlier in the program, came from very very difficult uh, beginning uh, in Haiti. Uh, he grew up in uh, really no um, easier way to put it, but in poverty. Um, Obviously, much of his family is still back there, and through uh, the, literally, I believe, the grace of God and, and some very, um, very nice people here in the United States uh, brought him here and presented him with, with this opportunity to go through, uh, introduced him to the Evans Scholars Program and helped uh, him uh, to get his uh, catting job at the Country Club of Detroit, and he's earned his way into through the scholarship to Michigan State, where he's as he said, he's uh, learning to uh, his engineering degree, which he plans on putting good use. So he's 
really a, a story I think that um, is for the ages. You know, he is um, very, very humble, but at the same time um, is full of a, a lot of enthusiasm and positive energy and uh, is well-deserving of, of this, uh, of this uh, opportunity. And um, I'm glad to, that he was able to come on and share it, and I'm grateful for those uh, within that organization uh, and through that network of uh, alumni uh, that they allowed him the opportunity at their uh, recent Green Coat Gala to be able to come and share some of that story, and it's certainly inspirational. So there's no excuse for, for those of you out there that are struggling with your game or struggling with life in general. Uh, here's a young man that has really stepped up, and obviously he has uh, a vested goal ahead to help his family back home. Um, but uh, if you've got a youngster that, uh, you know, you're wanting to, uh, you know, maybe uh, provide a better opportunity um, and maybe you're having some financial difficulty, I encourage you to reach out to the WGA, the Western Golf Association. If you go to their website, um, just put in Western Golf Association, it'll come up. And uh, on there, there's a link uh, talking about the Evans uh, Scholars Foundation. Um, and uh, you can get more information there, and maybe perhaps uh, your youngster or somebody you know uh, may qualify for that. So you can uh, certainly introduce them to that. I strongly recommend it. So you go to uh, the WG, uh, Western Golf Association's website. All right. Uh, as I mentioned, this is the last week for our uh, Golf Talk Live Light. Uh, next week I'll be back to my full two-hour broadcast, starting off with a great uh, Coach's Corner panel, the first of the season, by my insightful interview with my special guest of that evening. So I hope you'll come back and join me. Uh, again, don't forget, if for some reason you're tuning in late in the broadcast or you want to hear uh, this broadcast again or maybe uh, listen to some previously aired shows, uh, you can go to uh, this uh, link, blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live and scroll down to the on-demand section and you'll find all of the previously aired shows in their entirety, including tonight's. Tonight's will be there shortly. It'll take a few moments just to compile all of the uh, information, and uh, that link should be available at top. Um, but you can listen to all of the previously aired shows going right back to the beginning of our 11th season. So uh, lots of great shows there, lots of great guests. I hope you tune in. Or you can certainly listen on any of these other social media platforms, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, TaskBox, TalkStream Live, and, of course, Spotify. On that note, again, special thanks to Jean-Paul uh, for joining me this evening. A great discussion, and, again, much continued success. On that note, I will see you right here next week on Golf Talk Live. God bless, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's broadcast of Golf Talk Live. Ted would like to thank this evening's special guest for joining him on the show. Remember to join Ted every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central on Golf Talk Live. You can also listen to Golf Talk Live on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. Be sure to follow Ted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, send an email to ted at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.